It was so, so, so good. And even better the second time around. So thank you everyone who was involved, your time and everything that put into that. Um, wow, it was, it was such a great, great event. Um, today we are going to close up our, we've been studying uh, the past couple of weeks, we have been studying the seven statements of Christ on the cross. And so today we're going to talk about the last two statements that he said, but then we're going to wrap it up with um, what happened afterwards. He died on the cross, but what happened afterwards? And the best part is we know the end of the story, right? We know the end of the story, but imagine in the moment 2,000 years ago when this actually took place and they didn't know, they didn't have the book that we could cheat and jump ahead and read. Does anybody ever do that when you read a book that you cheat? We have some cheaters in here, I hear. Because um, you need to know the end, right? I'm, I'm watching a series on Netflix and my daughter has, is way, way, way ahead of me and I, I've been trying to like find, like pull some, let me cheat, let me know what happens. Um, but they didn't have that opportunity. And so it was very distressful to them. They, they were confused and wondering what they, they didn't fully understand. But we do, we understand what is happening and what is taking place. So the seven statements of Christ, this is the last one. And in the last one, we're going to talk about Christ's divinity, the fact that he was God. He was fully human. We talked about that last week. We talked about all the feelings and things that he was feeling as a human. The first week we talked about his compassion for people, for us, for others. Today we're going to talk about his divinity, that he was fully God. He was fully human, but he also carried the power of his father. The sixth statement that he says is in John 19 to 30. And it says simply, it is finished. It is finished. Here Christ is nailed to the cross. He is about to die. And he declares, it's done. It is done. He has completed all that he came to accomplish. We celebrate his birth at Christmas time, and we celebrate it on December 25th. He wasn't actually born on December 25th, but it's just a day that we have just picked to celebrate, to honor the birth of Jesus Christ. And the reason he came was for today. That was the ultimate goal and the ultimate purpose. Here he came to accomplish the goal of going to the cross. Imagine knowing your whole life that your sole purpose to live is to actually die. That's your purpose. We're all going to die, of course. But when it's your purpose to live your life knowing that your purpose here on earth was to die. And here in statement number six, he is declaring, it's done. The reason I was born, my mission to come here is now accomplished. In John 4, verse 34, it says, my food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him, to do the will of his father 
who sent me and to finish his work. Christ, his whole life, he knew. He knew the purpose. He knew the plan. And he's declaring this in John. He's saying, this is why I'm here, to do God's will, to complete his plan. So as he's on the cross, and again, we talked about the word excruciating last week, how it is taken out of the Latin word that that when they actually did the crucifixion, that they, they had no word to best describe the pain and the suffering that is caused by crucifixion. And so they came up with a Latin word, excruciating, which means to come off the cross. The pain is so unbearable that they actually had to make a word for this, excruciating. So he's on the cross in excruciating pain. We know that he was thirsty. He was feeling thirst. He was feeling uh, human feelings and emotions. He surrendered his life for us. And here in this moment, he declares, my work is done. It's finished. Everything he set out to do, it's done. We read today in scripture as we took communion, it is a new covenant. He is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. We don't throw the Old Testament away, but he is the fulfillment. All through the Old Testament, and we've been talking through this each week talking about the prophecies in Old Testament declaring what was going to happen to Jesus thousands of years later. He is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. It already talks in Genesis when the enemy came, when the serpent came, and they were, you know, we're going to send a redeemer for us. Christ is that redeemer that came for us. This is a new covenant for years and years and years to be able to atone sin, to be able to have um, forgiveness of sin. There had to be a sacrifice. We had to bring some kind of a sacrifice to the temple to be able to receive forgiveness for sin. That was the covenant that was made with God. And Jesus says, this is now the new covenant. This is the fulfillment of what has all been happening through all of that time through the Old Testament. And now I want you to know that this is the new covenant. And I, Jesus is declaring, I am the last sacrifice. It's finished. It's done. There is no more need to go and kill an animal for the forgiveness of your sin. We now just need to go to our Savior. And he will give us that forgiveness. Hallelujah. Everything is now complete. Christ is completely in control of what is taking place here. Even though everything seems crazy, again, nobody knows the end of the story. The disciples don't fully understand, even though Jesus has been talking about this for a long time. They still don't understand. They were expecting him to come as as a king who's going to come and actually be a physical king. They don't understand. How can you be dead? How can you be on the cross? I don't understand. How can you be dying? Like, what's going to happen to all of us? And they scattered, the Bible tells us. It looked completely out of control. It looked like the world was spinning out of control. And they're like, we don't know what to do. What's happening? What's happening? But here we know with full confidence that Christ was actually fully in control. He knew what was going to happen. He had a plan. He had everything in place. And he said, 
it's done. It's done. Nothing took him by surprise. And we might not understand in our own lives, even now, in things that we go through, as our world seems like it's insanity. Everybody's talking about the, the groceries, the gas, the, the rumors of war, what is happening, what's going on, I don't understand. The world has gone crazy. And even though to our human eye, it all looks lost. It's all loss. How will we ever get out of this? Christ is still in control. He still sits on the throne. He still sits on the throne. Number seven, the seventh thing that he says, and this is moments, moments before he dies, moments before he gives up his spirit. He says in Luke 2, 46, uh, 23, pardon me, Luke 23, verse 46. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said that, he breathed his last. I love the key word in that verse where he says, I commit my spirit. He chose to die. He could have stopped this whole thing. Remember in the garden where he said to his father, Lord, is there, any, is there plan B? Please, could there be plan B? And his father said, this is the only way. And Jesus said, then let it be. It was his choice. He said, I commit my spirit to you. He gave his life up. I commit. Let's turn to John 19, verse 31. John 19, verse 31 to 37. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special, to be a special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the cross. It was against their, their religion to, to have this, to have crosses on, on uh, people on the cross during Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and for the bodies to be taken down. And the reason they would have the legs broken, remember how I told you how they're nailed to the cross and there's, it's painful, it's horrible. And so they're trying to release and trying to settle a little bit to try to release some of the pain of being held up there. So they're trying, and then they'd have to come up and gasp for air because they, otherwise they would suffocate. So slowly they'd be kind of trying to relieve a little bit of pain and have to come up. So they still had enough strength in their knees to be able to, Gasp for air and then go back down again. And so to make sure, because this was a long, excruciatingly slow, painful death, they didn't want to have bodies on the cross for Passover because it looks bad in the religious world. So they said, break their legs so that they can't... Gasp for air anymore. They will have no more strength and they will just suffocate. So break their legs. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus. And then those of the other. 
But when they came to Jesus and found, he was already dead. Because he chose to commit his spirit to his father. He was already dead. When they came to Jesus and they found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may believe. These things happened so that scripture would be fulfilled. Again, Old Testament scripture thousands, hundreds, thousands of years prior to Christ, this happened so that scripture would be fulfilled. This is the scripture. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. If you want to find these to prove me right or prove me, try to prove me wrong, Exodus 12, 46, Numbers 9 to 12, Psalms 34, 20. In those places, it talks about many, many, many years prior to Christ that not one of his bones will be broken and he will be pierced. They, they pierced his side to make sure he was gone. He was fully divine. He was fully God because only God can determine when he wants his son to die. Jesus gave up his spirit. Jesus gave up his, his choice to live. He died because he chose to. So again, the past three weeks, we've been talking about the compassion that he had for others, for us in his humanity. We talked about how he thirsted, how he felt pain, and now his divinity, his death. In his death, he opened up a way for us to be forgiven of sins. It is the new covenant. He opened up a way for us to have relationship with him. Turn to Matthew 27. Verse 50 to 51. And I'm going to do a little example. And I've done this before. But I want to do it again because I feel that it's important. So I need a couple of volunteers. So David and... Oh, David's gone. Is he doing kids church? I don't know. He's okay. Well, I'm just going to grab David. Jacob, come on up. I'm going to use you. And Kirsten, I'm going to use you. Okay, I just gotta find. Yep, you you are the chosen. You are the chosen, Frank. <laughs> I'm gonna call you Frank from now on. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm gonna get you a little bat, and I'm gonna get Jacob to hold that, and then pull it tight, hold it up. Okay. So I'm gonna read this verse, and then I'm gonna explain. Matthew 27, verse 50. 50 and 51. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. So he cried out, It is finished. And then he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, 
The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. Now this is imperative for you guys to understand the significance of what this means. First of all, let me tell you that the curtain itself was four inches thick. It says, it's described by Josephus. He was a first century historian and he wrote about biblical days. And it it says that, he says, it was a man's hand. Like the thickness of the curtain was the thickness, like it's thick. It's of a man's hand. And it's recorded that it says that two horses, you guys are not horses, but but if you were, sorry, I just, I literally just thought about that. If, If you were to put two horses on each side, and if they were to pull it, don't pull it yet, don't pull it yet, you'll ruin my example, just wait, just wait, if they were to pull it, they could not rip it, they could not wreck it, the thickness and the strength of this curtain was impossible for it to be ripped. I want you to grasp the thickness of this, because this was by divinity that this happened, okay? The curtain, the significance, and I know some of you know, but bear with me here for the ones who don't. The significance of the curtain is that this curtain blocked the entry into what is called the Holy of Holies. So you could come to church, but you could only come so far because you were sinful. And you had to bring your sin offering to a priest, to a man, and he would go and he would cleanse himself, make sure that he was holy and cleansed. And he would take your offering and he would go into, on your behalf, he would go into the Holy of Holies on your behalf. You could not go here. You had no access yourself to God. The only access you had was through a man. When Jesus died on the cross and he said, It's done. It's done. The curtain, now you can look The curtain. Tore into. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. The curtain tore into. This was such a significant moment because this happened only by the power of God. And it was like a billboard neon sign. Bing, bing, bing. You and you and you and you and you and you.
the new covenant. And today we celebrate the victory that he made for us. He died, we put him in a tomb, but he did not stay there. Three days later, he rose. Let's turn to Matthew 28, verse 1 to 7. After the Sabbath, Sabbath for Jewish people in the time, still now, is Saturday. Today is Sunday. Just a little blurb on the side note. Why do we go to church on Sunday? Why do we not Sabbath on Saturday? We go to church on Sunday because Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Amen? It's not saying it's wrong. I'm not, don't judge me here. I'm just saying, because I've had people ask me, why do we go to church on a Sunday? That this is why. The new way, sorry, I'm getting totally off topic here, but when Christ, when the Christian church started to build after Christ's death and resurrection, and they were called the way, they started to gather together on a Sunday to celebrate this is the day that Christ rose from the dead. So let's honor him and do church on Sunday. That's why we come together on a Sunday. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and was going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Remember, we talked about manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people are overcome by the, the weight of the Holy Spirit and his holiness and his awesomeness. And sometimes they fall down. We call it slain in the spirit. This is what's happening right here. They are overcome and they became like dead men. They were lying there. They weren't dead, but they were like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then they go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead. And going ahead and into Galilee, there you will see him. Now I have told you. He conquered death. He conquered death. There is nothing that can hold him down. What the enemy meant for harm, Christ turned for good. And do you know that we have the same authority when we surrender our lives over to Christ? We have the authority to defeat the enemy in his tracks. Luke 10:19, I have given you authority. Everybody say authority. Authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. The authority of Christ, as he had and he gave to us. Christians, people who believe in Jesus, don't be walking around defeated. Oh, my life. No! You have authority. You have authority. It doesn't mean life is going to be rosy. It doesn't mean that life is going to be easy peasy. But you have the authority to be able to walk through still with joy and peace and kindness and love. Because Christ gave you the authority. 
You can beat the enemy. I invite the worship team to come. We're going to have a dance party in a minute. Are you ready? Can we get ready to sing, My Redeemer Lives? Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. May he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to get you to stand this morning. And I'm going to push you out of your box. Get out of your seats. This is dance party time. This is a dance floor. Those aisles are dance floors. Can we sing with joy and excitement? And let's declare today, my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. Let's sing.
declare our Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. 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 God, I pray that as we go about our day, as we go about our week, as we go and live our lives, God, may it be such an incredible example of who you are, that we walk in the authority, that we walk in the power that we have. Lord God, that we walk with you, surrendered to you, I pray. Father, let us take every opportunity to share your light and your love with others, I pray. May on the tip of our tongue, may we declare all the time, not just on Easter, but all the time, my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get the worship team to keep playing. You are welcome to stay in fellowship. If you're going home and having time with family, be blessed and talk about the good things of the Lord Jesus Christ. What has he done for you today? Share with others. Be blessed. Thank you for watching online. Happy Easter, everyone. God bless.